in the cabbage. Right, let's get it. Test, test, test. Yeah, we're live. Welcome to In the Cabbage. <laughs> this is crazy. This is pretty bananas right now <laughs> that we're actually doing this. I'm Tommy Sweat. Andrew Witt. Please subscribe. Please listen. Please download. Like. And just a reminder. Keep swinging. Welcome back to In the Cabbage. I'm your boy, Tommy Swain. To my right or your left, A Wit. When we get that video figured out, huh? Yeah, when that yeah. video finally comes around, get my <laughs> then everyone's head gonna on know. Everyone's gonna know what's gonna be going on with that. Right. On your right, my left, that situation. Right. <clears throat> um, what's up, y'all? Good to be back. We are here again, buddy. We got a hell of an episode for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with a little weekend recap from my boy over here. How'd you do? Buddy? Yeah, dude, it was just like a nice, really chill weekend. Uh, Friday, obviously it was St. Patrick's Day. Uh, watched the TCU game with uh, with Chris, Courtney, and Chris. a neighbor. Uh, no, it was good. That was the game that they won. Oh, that good. was like the buzzer beater. Good. I mean, like the, Chris was losing his mind. The whole yeah. the dude is a circus act. Yeah, in the living Get room. Chris on some on some drinks. And oh, a, and his teams and, on and a TCU or a Chargers game. I may it, see that man in a sports book. The man will lose. His, he came over with his horn frog jersey. Wow, and it was like on, and then it was like bad luck, and he's ripping it off, and like. Mind you, we're also like an hour delayed because we had to like pause it. Right. So it's not like the jersey was like really, really doing affecting right, it. <laughs> right. Because we're watching it delayed. <laughs> but still, the fact I love that the he, vibe of it. The fact that he's pulling they that felt out. It, though. Oh yeah, they did. They at, felt that at the time, you know. Right. And it was it was a lot of fun. Buzzer beater, super fun. Um, getting everyone in that setting. Um, you know, threw down a couple Guinnesses. Did that whole situation. Also. I don't know if you're a big Mario Party fan, but big can- Mario Party guy. Oh my god, dude! The new one, Did fire! You get, have you gotten the new one? Uh, yeah, I played. The oh new one. my, okay. Shout out Mario Party. I don't know what it's called, like the Superstars version or whatever right, it whatever is, and it's like it, it encapsulates all of the Mario Parties and just revamps them, throws you all the mini games that you want, right? And it is fantastic. Love Katie it. and I played like a couple of those games right after uh, everyone headed out. So that was like a fun way to kind of wrap up Friday night. Saturday night went over to uh, San Diego. Well, we went to Sidebar, a little like um, a little like club setting down there. Got a table. It was Emma's birthday. That was fun. Got some drinks. Hung out. You know, got some pizza. Got a vegan pizza this time. Wow. Yeah, big time, big time move right there. Um, because you know, like you can't really have pizza without cheese. You would, you would argue, right? It's not pizza; it's tomato bread. I mean, I've, I've, I'm gonna sacrifice the cheese and save my st- and save my tummy if they do not have a vegan right. pizza. Right? I mean, <laughs> I get that. We ate what? We ate Domino's or Pizza, pizza Hut, hot, dude, and uh, it wrecked me. Yeah, really destroyed you, dude. Not it? even the stuffed crust, dude. I try to avoid that, dude. It, it was, it was destroyed yeah. you more than one ways. Yeah, let's just say it was an all-weekend thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was really fun. Um, obviously, just gas from those two nights, and then Sunday was just lounging around and hanging out. So Love that, buddy. Um, it was good. But um, I know you were actually having the time of your life over there. Voices sounded maybe a scotch scratchy. A little, a little scratchy from your boy. Um, but it's because you were... 
dishing down some big time sports bets, getting a little rowdy on yeah, the yeah. course, a uh, little rowdy Vegas. in the sports book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us about it, dude. In Vegas, loving it. I um, can't seem to come back from Vegas 100% healthy. <laughs> Never have. I don't um, think you ever will. No, I think in uh, my bachelor party, I came back from Vegas. I fully lost my voice for a week, maybe it plus. Was, I think it was a good four days. You actually could not enunciate, pronounce a single word. No, it was nothing, fully gone. Nothing was coming out. Yeah, it was fully gone. This is like minor compared to that. Yeah, yeah, very minor. Um, also, like, tore my meniscus. Yeah. Had strep throat and, like, the cold. You were just, like, spitting out this, like, brown funk dude it's just like clumpy yeah, green just, just nasty your knees in two pieces it's just all bad right came back with a came back with a hemorrhoid that bursted <laughs> the next day <laughs> dude. dude it was just um it was just an all-time uh, bachelor party i just can't come back from vegas unscathed so i lost my voice i'm a little sick of course um but you know you're here through it you know you're 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 Taking on the adversity just by the horns here. Yeah, I mean, I just fight through pain. You know, that's just what I do. You get, you don't, you're like, you're missing half your tooth right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I flossed last night, which I never do. My full <laughs> filling popped out of my mouth. Oh, I missed that part. You were flossing and it popped out. Because I've been oh, extremely bad tooth sensitivity. I've just been fighting through it. Mm. Biting my teeth. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's it's going to the doctor. It's going to the dentist. It's something you never want to do. Right. Cover that a little bit. And it's always like five hundred dollars. You're like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. I should like maybe floss this one time. Right, because it really hurts. And then as soon as I did, this filling popped out. It was maybe for the better. Maybe it was. It's may- actually less sensitive now. Maybe. <laughs> and maybe just getting you in there in a much right. more expedited fashion. It was like two years since I've been in. That you always get that uh, you know guilt from the cleaners who clean your teeth or whatever. They're like. So last time we saw you was about two years ago. What's going on? And I was like, well, you told me I was going to get a root canal, so I never came back in. <laughs> yeah, I just blame mine straight on COVID. New de- new dentist. I was like, yeah, no, I just haven't really gotten back. Didn't really find anything that I like really wanted. You know, COVID, the whole situation. Just like brush I just, it right I just, on that. Yeah, I just looked right in her eyes. I'm like, you guys scared me, and I didn't come back. <laughs> so, so, so don't, don't scare, scare me. me, please. Um, <clears throat> but the main part of the story... Um, Couple highlights of the trip. I'm an awful sports player. It's well known on this podcast. You don't ride with me. I went zero for three. I mean, you're making your case with the uh, with the golf bets now right. too. <laughs> yeah, I went over three on Friday, and then I had a big day Saturday. Come back, I won every single one of my bets. Won all my money back. So sports That's betting huge. was a fun time. But uh, one of my favorite things was out there. I played golf um, Friday morning at. Las Vegas Country Club. Which you told me you didn't really give me all that much juice, but you're saying it's just like an all-time golf course, and like it's being slept on all over the place. It might be the best-kept secret in golf right now. Yeah. Or just like, it, yeah, for Vegas, maybe Vegas no, golf. No, I think like that's... Really? I think you're throwing you, that high marks? If you figure out how to get on this course, it's not like... I just feel like for people at our level of play... People at my price point, you're not going to find a course that's going to be like this cool and private for what we what I paid for. Sure. So I'm only going to let people in on this one secret, and I'm never going to talk about it on again podcast because I don't want it to get blown up. Okay, here it is. So it's a private golf course. You can call the golf course to set up a tee time. If you do call the call, golf course directly, it's a three hundred and fifty dollar 
tea time. Mm-hmm. Which but is which is very steep and up there with like Tory Pines, way too much. You know, all the PGA tour at that rounds. price. It's not. It's an amazing yeah. course, but yeah. it's not. It's not that elite. Um, I used to host tournaments there, which was cool. The main thing is, if you stay at the Westgate, you can get tea times for seventy five dollars, and the tea sheets are absolutely open. We called two days beforehand and got like a nine a.m. tea time. Yeah, on Saturday, right? Saturday, Friday, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, so it's just like they're wide open. And then the guy I was playing with played again on Sunday. That's crazy, dude. So, and it's for seventy five dollars. We just like we cannot brush over that because you're not getting anywhere any public track really for less than that. And the less and than a private and, course as well for seventy five bucks. And this isn't just a private course that's like a golf course with a clubhouse and a bar. It's a full on country club. They got a steam room. They got sauna. They got a jacuzzi. They got showers. They got a tennis court. They got a restaurant. They got a bar. They got like indoor tennis courts. Wow. They have grass range. They have two different putting greens, two different chipping mats. Like I, oh, ch- I wow. chipped before my game. They that's had, huge. They had like work, like balls where you can chip into an area. See, that's fire. Full chipping. Um, I woke up at like dumb early after a huge hangover. Like it's six thirty. Yeah, that like that FaceTime you hit me with was all time though. <laughs> I mean, I'm blasted, <laughs> smoking darts, trying to get through it, you know. And um, I just got to this golf course, and you know when you're not feeling a golf round, you're super hungover, and you walk into this course and it revives you. That's that's a great feeling. Where you're like, oh my god, yeah. actually. Oh, this is legit. This is gonna be a good I'm time. I'm stepping up. Like, oh my god, this right, is worth behind, my worth worth the while here. Right. So you basically are behind the Westgate. It's walking distance. The golf course. Super cool. Which Westgate's a little off the strip, but not much. So you're playing with basically on the strip. So hotel views the whole nine. Um, the starter, awesome. The person working the pro shop where I spent like eighty bucks, awesome. Like cart girl that wasn't there that's fine they have like a club turnhouse on three nine and 14 or something um the course was in pristine condition greens were perfect very undulating so um, pose a big challenge what uh what yardage did you play at sixty six thousand two hundred, but they go okay. to like seven thousand two hundred. okay oh wow that's a big dog golf course right there Okay. But it'd be tight if you play from that far back. It, it would be a very, very tough course. Yeah. Because the greens, they um very peat dye, where all the undulation and the greens look tiny. So when you get up there, you're like, On oh, plateaus, drop-offs, got it. I could, right, I could have landed it. it there, but the way they, the golf course sits, you don't think that, you know? Um, There's houses all out through the course. A lot, that, of tr- lot of trees? Yeah, trees. All over the place? Lots of bunkers. How much water? water? Okay. Uh, maybe like, like three, five or holes? six holes with water. Wow, that's a pretty good amount. Um, a beautiful hole where there's a hotel in the background, like right across. Par three, water right. Like you're you're like playing on a hotel. That's really cool. Um, I don't know if people have you ever seen the match. Um, like Phil Mickelson does it and used to commentate it and has like football players and basketball players in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, they play at the win. I, I would see. say that course is right below that. Right. And that w- the wind's like the little brother of what Las Vegas Country Club was. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. The wind's much better. 
I see. But this one is like the, the older, OG. the OG one. Got like it. Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra used to play on yeah. this course. Yeah, so I know you, that you sent me that photo of uh, Dean Martin of like the whole the statue like the, exactly. And um, so the course was built in like nineteen sixty something. That's a nice little flex with the hat. You and just then pull, um, pull off the hat. <clears> check <throat> out check out the year is uh, oh, yeah. established. No big deal. <laughs> and then nineteen sixty seven, I think it went private. Um, starter comes down, gives me some history about the golf course. I love when they do that. They're into it. He's yeah. explaining how fast we need to play. The group ahead, it's a bunch of old timers. They're gonna blow through this course. Mm-hmm. Um, every like other tee box, there's history about the golf course and what's going on at this hole. So that was super cool. I mean, the course is nicknamed the golf course the mob built because so many mobsters used to play on it. See, this is these are the kind of gems that you would love love to see. History about the course, a little bit of fun things that are going on, tournaments that were previously played. Now the nickname was like the mob course, and you got all of that that's going on. It's just like this course has really been and seen through some shit. And they also have like this you gotta tell the whole airplane story, yeah, right? So the if you've seen the movie Casino, I think we've mentioned it last podcast, yeah. but I'll refresh. Um, a plane lands on a golf course. It's the FBI agents in the plane tracking and listening to Lefty, a, a mob boss, in Vegas. It's actually a true story, but what actually happens is the plane lands in the water. Mm. So in the water the plane lands in, there's like a prop plane in this water with like a memorial. You walk up and you read. Which uh, is so sick. Is that, is it, is, and that's on the 18th hole? No, it's actually on 13. I messed okay, up. Okay, so gotcha. Like 13 and 12. Well, it's super cool. It's just got all the bells and whistles you could ever want in a golf course. And if you, stay at, and if you stay at the West and then it's $75 to play and get a tee time there, you're just like, what is going on? I feel like I'm stealing. Right. It's a weekend worth golf trip just for that golf course now. You could even, or would you say you could even play that course twice? I would say you could play it three times and you enjoy it every time. Wow. It offers a lot. Um, not like some of the holes are pretty straightforward, but the backdrops in which they're set in are really awesome, and every green's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is some really obscure golf holes every once in a while when you're driving up to them, and it just was so well done and so well played. I played okay, I shot an 89. I came out par par bogey though. That's nice. Yeah. Um, it was a shout shout out to my buddy um for setting that up. It was all time for us. I, I mean, reju- rejuvenated my hangover and got me through what was going to be probably a really tough day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That FaceTime when you called me, like, oh, buddy, when is that tea time? You got to, like, lock this thing up a little bit. <laughs> you know? I went to bed at, like, 2. Oh, boy. And it's, like, 30 minutes away from where I was oh, at. Oh, my God. Minutes. So you're working on four hours of sleep. Four to five hours of sleep, yeah. Yeah. And um, walk in, free waters. You know, I ended up taking a shower there. I was going to take a steam, but I felt weird with, like, my, you know, being fully naked. And, like, some guy walking in. It's a weird situation. And then being like, hey, are you a member here? <laughs> and I have, like, my dick's hanging out. <laughs> and I'm like, no, definitely you not. You could definitely say that you are if you're owning the place like right. that, though. Walking around with my Yeah, just joined, out. actually. Yeah. <laughs> Junior member here. Um, they have, like, a player's lounge with TVs going on for golf. So cool. It just seemed like it was a, a club, a private golf club that was meant to be shared by all, like family, friends, amenities. They want you to come. They want you to hang out. It's not a golf club where it was like, hey, go play your tea time. 
Right. Get out of here. Exactly. Because you can spend all day there. Go play tennis. You go to the restaurant. You go hang out. Get a couple drinks. Then you go to the steam room. And then, like, you can tee it up at 2 o'clock if you want to. It it was, they had all these carts. They had a bunch of people working. They had a gym there. And I was thinking, I was talking about my buddy, and I said, uh, you know, I wonder how they're affording all this. And we kind of thought about it for a second. And the only thing I can really think of why is when they bought the land. Sure. Because the land must have been dirt, dirt cheap in Vegas in that time. So they probably already had the land paid off. I'm still living on that mobster money. Probably. <laughs> I mean, and you had a bunch of old guys there who I talked to who have been members there forever. And it's just, dude, it's honestly exactly the country club I would want to be a part of. That's had so history. Cool. The homes were like vintage Vegas homes. Yeah, that's really sick. Some of them are super nice. Some of them are condos. And the history that it pulls. It's just a really cool. It's just a really cool course. It sounds like. And yeah, I can't, it was awesome, I, buddy. I can't wait to get out there and play it. Yeah, we're gonna um, have to go do a weekend trip and just do it because it's so necessary. I think the coolest thing that you were telling me about as well is that you could stay at. And remind me what the hotel is. It's the name. Is it the Westgate? West, oh, Westgate. I keep saying the Westin. I always okay. say the Westin as well. It's Westgate. So Westgate, and then basically you're able to stay in the Westgate, and it's just outside. So you Walk can, to it. So you could literally stay at the Westgate, get that rate, and then yeah, you're sleeping, waking up, and walking down outside the yeah, back door worry, of the casino. Go for your steam afterwards. Like burn off that. It's just crazy. It's just crazy to me because you can just hop in the sauna real quick at like mm. eight a.m. Sweat out the hangover right. if you need to, and then pop on over. Best, for a- se- second best sports book is in the Westgate as well. So it's just a real gem right there. Right. So that's super cool, buddy. So uh, now talking about the sports book here, you want to you want to fill me in a little bit on the Saturday? Yeah. So I mean, and sports betting and all that kind I, of jazz. I, I, it was my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Tim and Coral, his girlfriend. You know, it was an awesome trip. It was so fun partying with my brother and my cousin and my family out there. Always a good time. It was so much fun to be with them and just kind of let loose like I do way too much of Vegas. Um, I'm awful at betting. Yeah. I mean, you went over three in the first day, but then, like, you turned it around, though. Huge. I won, I, went, I won every – I lost, like, two bets, two or three bets. I think I won, like, eight and I won my big bets. I won like a parlay for like fifty five bucks. Yeah, that's of huge, huge. And I won like an eighty ninety dollar bet on the WBC World Baseball Classic, which now I'm hooked. I'm fully hooked on this. It's super cool. It comes around um, so often. And this is something I didn't even know that I actually either. happened. My brother, my brother I showed me. No idea what was going on. I right. just kept seeing like international games on my YouTube TV, and then I was it just kind of shot to tune into one. It was baseball. I'm like, what the heck is this? Right, and it's just um, it's fun to watch, man. It's um, it has insane viewership. I've heard like rumors that like Japan and South Korea's viewership at one point was more than the Super Bowl. Like that's crazy. I mean, the fans that were that I was watching is I was watching Rabbit. check. I was checking the Japan Mexico game semifinals right before coming over. So awesome! My goodness, dude, the um, energy in the entire stadium was electric. People just screaming, Buzzing. players getting out of the dugout if there's a hit, and like they're getting into it. 
Shohei Otani steps out to the plate on the top on the bottom of the ninth, and they're down one and just knocks a double. Stand up double. And this man goes wild on second base. Yeah, and the losing it. And the commentators are just going crazy with him. And then they're commenting saying that he's ne- we've never even seen this emotion before because usually he's very, you know, kept to himself and he's going crazy, throwing his arms it's, up and everything. It, it, for a while there, it was like these are just expedition games, they don't matter, much like basketball in the Olympics. It just seems like it's now like the World Cup for baseball. It's 100% that, and, ne- and the next time it happens, I'm 100%ing tuning in. All of our best American players should be doing it because it means something. Um, Trey Turner had a grand slam to end up winning the tournament for us. Yeah, and he had a couple bucks out on that game. I too. had 80-something bucks on that game, oh. so it was so big. But he, after the— f- Was that f- against Cuba or Venezuela? Uh, Remember Venezuela? Ben- okay, gotcha. We blew Cuba. It was like fifteen two. Like yeah, something. It was, it was something crazy. Wild. Yeah. Um, Trey Turner said it was the biggest hit he's ever had in baseball. So and he cool. said he blacked out while running the bases. Damn. And he plays in the. He's played in the World Series. Right. He's won like multiple awards he- in the MLB, which is the height of baseball. Yep. And for somebody to say that was like the coolest moment he's had in baseball should mean a lot to these people. It shows what it means. It means everything to, and I just thought it was so cool. Um, Really revived the sport for me in that eyes, just to kind of be like, oh, you know, baseball is dope when it's like this. I get excited for playoff baseball. I think really what it comes down to is that baseball, there's 162 games in the regular season. And then by the time that it just does, I don't know, for me, maybe it just feels like not the games are not worth enough. You need to do like eighty five. You need the same season as basketball. I know, but you pull in so much money and like for business and blah blah blah, all that. But it just doesn't like games do not carry the same weight in the regular season. And I don't know, like I guess uh, uh, playoff baseball is fun to watch, but like this is just a different beast because you're once you get to the playoffs, it's one and done. It's elimination situation, right? And you could put all your eggs in your basket, and you're fully invested in this one game. Right. We got uh, Japan versus USA tomorrow. Which is going to be unbelievable. Electric. It's, it's at 7. Yeah, I'm 100% watching. Me too. I'm, like, yeah. hooked after watching one it's game. Be, you- I was watching with Madison. I was trying to explain to her, like, what was going on. Unfortunately, we caught a bad game because it was such a blowout. But she was like, this is really cool. You know, like, just it brings back that love. You know, we created this game. We should have pride in it, and we should go out and try to win every time. For because sure. these other countries and other, you know, love this love this sport a lot. And uh, I just thought it was awesome. I truly did. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm definitely going to tune into that game. I think it's sick because it's also just like the Olympics. It's just another avenue for that kind of prestigious play to have some sort of extra title on board international playing for your country it feels like there's a little bit more riding on it you know it's just it's just really fun yeah dude it was really cool um one thing i didn't watch much of though was the vows bar i don't know if you caught it much um, of it well because i was just so deceased on sunday i really didn't catch much i was in and out of like kind of just napping yeah. a little bit um there was also just so much on tv i was so trying to much i was sports. i was trying to watch everything watching lakers blues the mavs breaking my heart yeah um watching you now baseball i did catch some valspar highlights i think next year we make a more con- discerned effort to watch it because the course plays super tough and is in really hard conditions 
Yeah, you just need to it. move the date. You they can't just, be during March I know. Madness. It's so it's so tough. It's really tough. But like, you know, I guess that's why it's not an elevated event, whatever. But like still the course is really dope. They got the snake pit on sixteen through eighteen. Right. It's just a really it sets up for a really cool uh finish as well. And it punishes players. Um I I'm gonna maybe botch this so you can fact check me. Was it was winning score at eight under? I wanna say it was like eleven. Okay. Point is that people are not dropping twenty two under. No, you know? it's, t- it's a really it's, tough course. Like yeah. I, I was watching hole seventeen and eighteen. And Spieth needed a birdie to push it to playoff, and the other guy needed a par. And they both sat there. They knew the shot, which is you can't leave it short. It has to be long. Get on the second plateau. Mm-hmm. Both left it short. Roll back down. No shot. And I was like, I, that's one of the golf courses I like. You know, right. I know it's sucky because we need a playoff, but. It's cool because, you know, I, I don't want to see you shoot 44. Right. You know, I, I want to see you shoot 12 or 13 for the weekend. Right. No doubt. That's definitely something that um, I, we just want to see the golfers. You know, we talked about it before. It's just one of those things we like to see the professional golfers struggle and then reward really good shots, <coughs> you know. Um, so talking a little bit about golf here, buddy, um, and before we go into our, like, picks and that kind of stuff and wrapping up Valspar, we got something on the list here that I really feel passionate about. Yeah, you're gonna take you're gonna take reins here because I feel a little differently. But I want you to give the people what they want. I mean, I just think it's something that is just the USGA is just really not doing us any favors in the sport of golf, any favors, and that's rolling back the golf ball. And now, I, you know, I was listening to a bunch of stuff on Instagram and players were speaking out about it, read like an article about this because I felt a certain way about it. But right when I saw it on Instagram, I originally thought that is one of the dumbest things that you can do to the sport. I hate it. Don't stand by it. And I still kind of feel that way, even after doing a bunch more research and following up with it, just because it's not a congruent rollback for all tournaments so if the pga tour does not choose to accept this then you're playing the players are going to have to play with two different golf balls for two of them or sorry one golf ball for two of the majors and the other golf ball for the other two majors so the pga championship and augusta the masters you would play with the normal golf ball that we have now or like the you know there's certain limits the non-rolled back golf ball and for me, it's just like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you have two different rackets in tennis? Why would you have two different baseball bats, like metal and wood? Why would you have two different regulation basketball hoops? You know, like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me in that sense. If they did it and they was if it was in line in every single event and so everything. What, sorry, one second. So what tournaments would the rollback ball be used? It would be used for the U.S. Open and the Open. That is my understanding of it. <clears throat> so not the Masters, not the players, or any of the PGA Tour events? Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not sure on that. It was the article that I was reading and doing some research on was only touching on the majors. That was where it was like a little wishy-washy, like how much of it is going to bleed into the PGA Tour. And like how much of it is like, do they choose? that? That's To me, it's it's gray. I need to like sure. look into it more. Um but that's fault number one, I guess, for me. It's just that that, to me, doesn't make any sense. If it was in line fully and all majors and all tournaments were going to do this, I would be a little bit more like lenient and like okay with this, but still not be very fond of it because it just eliminates the athleticism and the speed of the game 
they already lengthened the golf courses to like 7,600, 7,800 yards, 7,400 yards par or par 70 courses. Why do we need to roll the golf ball back another 15, 20 yards? Uh, to me, that just doesn't make a ton of sense. It makes the golf game a little bit less exciting. You know, like, why not just make the fairways a little bit wetter? Like, why don't you just wet them a little bit more so the rollout is not 60 yards on some of these courses? That's another way of, like, coping, oh, coping, with, coping with it. So, like, I, there's a bunch of different ways. I just think that eliminating the ball speed factor because now they're putting up the spin rates, the launch angles, ball speed, swing speeds. The statistics are coming in such more of a part of the game where I think that if we're rolling back the ball speed – it's it's not going to lose excitement, but it's just going to lose a little bit of that interest because now the top end players are not crushing it down there, and it's there's not a t- massive correlation with driving distance and winning. There's no, I mean it's 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 definitely there, but it's not like the fastest dudes on the tour are winning all the time. That's not the case. Right. You still have to have some sort of skill. So it just I don't know. I know it's only hurting like the top two, three percent, but I also maybe think it's maybe limiting the players that are coming up through the ranks, Corn Ferry Tour players that are building right. their game a little bit more in speed. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it just puts, for me, it just feels like it puts a ceiling on the game. And I don't really want a ceiling on the game. I want to keep growing it. So that's where I just I stand. If it was aligned with everything, I would be a little bit more okay with it. But overall, I just think it just puts a ceiling on how the growth will happen for this game. <clears throat> but I know you think a little differently, though. I think that's a great... Um, I mean, obviously, it sucks. Um, but I I do see some positives in it. And yeah, um, maybe with a little uh, little opposite thought here. Yeah, so I'll, I'll play Devil's Avocados. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so... You said something like you don't want to see a ceiling in the game. Um, I do think we're hitting a ceiling already. For sure. I don't think the game could get much more. The golf clubs, from what the golf reviewers that you see that you're really in tune with. They're all at the limit. They're all, you said, for me, we've talked about it, Like If you buy a set of golf clubs from 2008 to now, they're really not that much different. Right. It's more about just the forgiveness. But there's regulations on the forgiveness as well. Right. So it's speed and forgiveness are basically maxed out. And speed's been maxed out for a little while now. So, like, growth in that way is kind of done. Right? Agreed. Yes. Golf courses are more harder, like, getting harder and harder to build. And they need certain restrictions and like things to make them onto the tour, like Bandon Dunes isn't going to be a professional tournament, even though people would love that. You know, mm-hmm. it would be super cool. Do you know why they can't host the yardage? The amount of people that be on it, a lot of it has to do with yardage. Yardages, okay. Um, <clears throat> because you that know, would be interesting though if they just posed because the, the actual Junior World Golf Championship is there was at the Bannigadoon's golf right. course and they it was posing a really difficult test yeah, for I mean, them. But it's, it's um, a really windy course and I could see that. I also just don't, you know, is this a for sure done deal? It's not. It's proposed. It would maybe be taken into effect January twenty twenty six. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think it's a warning shot. I think it's a shot across the bow that golf is starting to hit a plateau. 
And I think people are starting to figure that out, and I think they're trying to figure out how to make it um, <clears throat> more acceptable for everyone. And every golf course maybe has a shot because Augusta okay. can keep moving. That makes sense. A go- like Augusta can keep moving the fields back because they have land. Torrey Pines can't. Torrey Pines can't go anywhere. They're running out of land, and you know Pebble Beach running out of land. So at some point, if you keep growing with the club and the ball, you're going to surpass these golf courses that we consider historic for ourselves. Sure. And I do want to see athletes be better. But even with a rollback golf ball, couldn't you hit that the farthest than anybody else? That's where, again, I'm not totally certain. I don't know if there is, like, a speed cap on the golf ball. Like, it literally will not go faster than 180-mile-an-hour ball speed. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's reached that or if that is the regulation or if it's just a compression rate in like energy give back where what you, what you put in, you have diminished returns once you start approaching 125, 130 mile an hour club head speed. I'm not sure. Right. That's to me is, again, I'm not in full swing loop here because I think it's just a proposal and maybe with the way they go about it, they're still working on it yet because it didn't seem like it was all that certain. I just knew that it all they said was it was going to punish, you know, the top one, two, three, four, five percent of swing speed players. And I'm kind of just speculating here if that's maybe a top end, you can't go above 180, or maybe after 120 miles an hour club head speed, maybe you're not getting that same, um, you know, 1.4 mile an hour back into your right. ball speed maybe it's like down to like one or 1.1 1. 1 or something like that i don't know i think that would be like a good way to do it like right what would you do let's say instead of rolling the golf ball back to limit the amount of distance let's say it's a seven thousand three hundred yard course what would you do if you were a golf course guy to make it more difficult for sure you just got to keep on I think this is, I mean, I don't know exactly what I would do. You got to really hope that this is, is is this a tour level course? Like, is this like on the rotation? Let's call it like Pebble Beach, right? So let's call it, um, yeah, let's call it Pebble. Just hypothetically? Yeah, hypothetically. Let's call it, let's say Pebble 7300. You can't really make it any more longer is what you're saying, Right. right? Like you were touching on before. The golf ball and the equipment are both basically maxed out. So at this point, you just got to make the course just tougher. Just make the grass, um, just make everything super tight, lies in like fairways. Right. And then you would make the grass um, in the rough just super stupid long, you know, like four inches. And like you can bring in some fescue maybe. Eh, you know? I would say. But that um, would be it. You can tighten up a couple of things. I would overplant trees. Yeah. I'm, I, I guess I was more trying to see like very like quick fixes. Right. But then the next thing for sure is add some more trees. Maybe add a tree where, you know, like a 340-yard carry would be. Right, more more pot bunkers. Mm-hmm. But then you're making the course tougher for the amateur as well right. at that point. Exactly. But, so I think maybe yeah. the easiest fix was just make the rough extremely long, and then you can also maybe just bring it in a little bit more narrow, you know, up and up where there was like 340-yard carries. And make the could be. greens like glass. Yeah. Yeah, 
And they make them really shitty bunkers like a public course. So they <laughs> like really destroy That would be one way. But you, you, if you make the greens extremely fast and you make the rough extremely long, right. that puts a much, much bigger prize <laughs> on driving it accurately versus length. So you just got to make sure you can, you know, f- factor that in a little bit. Wor- like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And like people are doing that, and that's where that's what the U.S. Open is like made on. Like that's where you know a lot of these courses that play extremely difficult have extremely long rough and like really fast greens. So like they're already doing that, yes. And that's the PGA Tour. They just like place an unbelievably tough golf courses. But I mean, that's just the biggest, easiest, easiest fix. But they're already kind of doing that. So you know, I I, I do see where you're coming with. Um, if you're like, you know, average driving at 330, but let's say you hit only 40% of the fairways, 45% of the fairways. Right. I don't know if you're really at an advantage anymore. Like the pros, like accurate ones driving like 65, 70% accurate ones. Wow. Still, you know, still driving at 300 yards. If you're like missing a lot of fairways, hitting a lot of shots out of some long rough, it's tough. So long rough is the worst. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, do, you have, we'll do, you any, do you have any final thoughts? On that, or is that that's kind of uh, that was your? I, your pitch? I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, but if it did happen, I assume the USGA is smart enough to figure out why and be able to explain it to people. Um, but you know, I don't know. I, we'll have to see. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I think it's more of a shot across the bow just to let these players know that like they have that power. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a power trip. Like, yo, you guys want to keep trying to push the ba- like bomb and gouge game. Like, we're just going to let you know. Like, at some point, we're going to roll you back if you sure. don't. Like, if this gets too crazy. Sure. Because we got to preserve our game in some sort of way. Like, the, the pro players use wooden bats. They don't use aluminum bats. Right. If you give <laughs> Albert Pujols an aluminum bat, he might kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he might take He's off taking off the third baseman's head. Jack might some actually runs. murder somebody. So maybe that's their thought. Like, you know, the pros use a wooden bat. They don't, Everyone else use aluminum. No, it's all valid points. All valid points. Right. But it's interesting. So. Um, I don't know if you've been hearing any of these uh, live rumors. Love touching on some of this stuff. No, There's some new stuff it. coming out that, like, contracts aren't going to be... Um, like, some players only sign up for, like, a ten, uh, two-season, ten-game contract. I guess in the writing was like 15, you know, tournaments or whatever. Okay. Um, I guess the Saudis are more active in the business part now. Okay. Active in the business part. Like before they're just handing out cash and not really caring. Got it. Got it. Oh, so they're coming up with like making up the contracts. Right. Now they're like, where's this money going? Why aren't we making anything? What's going on? Um, And you got no viewership. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they, you're on the CW, buddy. I don't know what you want. Yeah. Um, Liv is no longer paying for travel. Whoa, okay. So now you got to fly your own private jet. Okay. Which was like everyone's one of their biggest complaints. I got to pay for my own travel. Well, now you do. But you also get guaranteed money, so what's the big deal, you know? Exactly. Um, <clears throat> also, sponsors will buy teams in a couple years, too. So now they're going to have like... Brands they're going to have to work with and not just like team captains who are like these people are going to have say over the teams. So I read a tweet 
That's like it's almost not becoming golf anymore. Now, like, you, now like, you're an organization, again. right? Now you're becoming more of like right. a team, organization, franchise. You're gonna have brands. You have sponsors. The exact reason why they left. Yeah. So I read a funny tweet was next beginning of next season the PGA Tour should announce amnesty for any player that wants to come back. Okay. They have one season to do it. Okay. The ban is lifted. There's, I think there still should be some sort of punishment, but they should be able to come back. This was a tweet. This is a tweet I is read. This your tweet? I wish I should tweet it. Because um, <clears throat> you were just saying that on the last pod. I think it's a great idea. I think where it lives at currently and these players, there's been a couple of them who have already murmured right. about coming back. That would bury them. It would absolutely ruin them. And then we just never have to hear about Liv anymore because I just don't want to talk about him. Wow. And, That's and really interesting. I didn't hear any of those rumors in, in Liv. And I get they're trying to say, well, we're not competing. Well, if you weren't competing, then go get your own players. What do you, what do you mean they're not? Oh, I see. Right. They're competing amongst like, right. each PGA other. PGA Tour and Liv aren't competing. They can right. be coexisting. Well, not when you take shots at the PGA Tour and take our players and sure. say it's more fun of a place and it's more fun here. And the PGA Tour sucks. Now you're making a competition. So you can't have it both ways. Right. You can't be like little brother, we just want to hang out. Yeah, totally. And then also take shots at the big brother, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just thought it was a little interesting. Yeah, a little that is. fill in for a little golf news. Yeah, that is fun. Um, did you watch any of the March Madness games? You said you watched TCU, but did you watch it like Princeton win a couple times? Unreal. Didn't, didn't watch any of the Princeton. I mean, I know like all of the games have been pretty wild. There's been some huge it's upsets. It's the best sporting event. It's in the great. World. It's great. I, I it's tuned, so much fun. I tuned into like the wrong games, and then like <laughs> right, <laughs> just like damn it, dude. I'm watching like okay, now it's a 15 point game. Are they going to come back? They might, and then they right. don't. And I'm like. Damn, I just missed like a really sick game. I think the best way to do it is at a sports book in Vegas. That's exactly the what you en- need. the energy of the games are crazy because the swings and the odds are so insane. So you're making yeah. so much money on a big like upset if you're betting the opposite way. For sure. They are on YouTube TV, which is like the cable, quote unquote, cable provider that we have. They are doing like the multi view situation. I- the, just my TV, I feel like, is just not large enough for that, and it's just like kind of like a small square. It's just like I don't not, know, like not vibey. it's not it's not the move. Like right. I, if I'm watching a game, I feel like big TV, big game. Like let's get it on, you let's need, pick, let's need, dive also in. Need some other guys to hype up the game. Yes, for sure. You need some drinks flowing. That's what makes it uh, super Sport, fun. Yeah, and a couple, a little bit of money down. Vegas in Mar- March Madness in Vegas is it's undefeated. I'm sure undefeated, but it's so crazy. You can't get a TV, a sports lounge anywhere to watch with your boys. That's wild. Normally, you can walk up to any of these sports book and sit down, no problem. Maybe Circa is the only one you have an issue with. But everywhere else, you can just walk up for free, sit down, watch some sports with your boys. And every sports book's like a $500, $600 per person or whatever, per table. You had to buy a certain amount of drinks. I mean, you can definitely jack up the prices because everyone wants a piece. Right. So my suggestion would be if I had to do it just for me. I love being in that energy. Um, I would say if you really want to watch sports in Vegas – and you want to make some sports bets, and you're with your boys, and you just want to be like that area, get a really dope Airbnb 
with a really sick TV. Yeah, and you can even like, I mean, this is you going can sports crazy. Bet, you can sports bet on the app as yeah, well. Yeah, that's huge. Maybe you can like find a TV, move it over, maybe have a couple games going. Right. Whatever. Try to make it like, you know, a bit of a sports book for you and your boys. Catch the morning games there and the afternoon games. And then maybe at night when you're like, you know, have like a better two, maybe you guys can like sneak your way or like, you know, find the sports book somehow. But or if you have the money, go buy a table. Like, Jesus Christ, it's so cool. I don't yeah. have that cash. Um, we did March Madness last year at Circa. It was unreal. Did you guys get a table there? Yeah. Oh, That's boy. before it was like, you know, whatever. Yeah, it was blowing up. It was, it was probably like $5,000 now for a table or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I thought it was just super dope. I just want to say I had so much fun viewing it and watching March Madness and watching these kids have this passion. Some of these kids are never going to play in the NBA. But blow up, like Jimmer Fredette, blow up college basketball. And you're just like, dude, this guy's the next Y. Iverson. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's... No, it's for so sure. There's a lot of players that... You know, I mean, you. I feel like you have... You know, if you're a college player, you know you're dreaming that you're going to make it to the NBA. Right. Obviously, there's guys that are way more likely than you sometimes. That's it's the always the guy who's, like, maybe not as skilled, but is, like, three inches taller and insanely athletic and has, like, no ceiling. Sure. Like if you're like five nine, sure. six one, yeah, you can I mean, just shoot. You kind of know how to dribble, and you're just really good in your offense. Right, like you probably know the NBA isn't for you. Exactly, and so you're just all eggs in that basket, and that's everything. And that's a majority of the college players. Right, a lot of those guys are like six two, six three point guards that have been in that system for five years, and know, and all they do is shoot threes, and they just blow up. Yeah. And it's so cool to watch because that's their moment, right? That's what they've been working for. And maybe they get some a shot in the NBA. Like, J.J. Reddick can do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. Some can't, some do. But So I love seeing the passion. I love seeing, you know, all the big upsets. That's really fun. You know, just like Princeton shocking the world and, like, making it past the first two rounds. It's Crazy. just, like, unbelievable. It's like the biggest win margin by a 16th seed in the history of the March Madness. Craziness. You know? It's just so much fun, cause you and also the money, baby. Let me little twenty bucks wins you fifty, no problem. <laughs> if you bet an under, yeah. If you bet like you know an underdog or something, a little little fun, stupid parlay with the boys, always a good time. Yeah. Um, but you know, golf's um, March Madness tournament is coming up, which is huge. Right. We love this tournament, and it might be the last one. They Ever. were. I was actually watching a little bit of the Golf Channel, and I, I was, was tuning today. in, and they were maybe saying that it was potentially going overseas. Oh, that'd be unreal. It's like going to Europe, potentially. Right. I don't know. And then again, I don't know. They were maybe hoping that it was. I think this is Billy Horschel talking about this. Right. I don't know if like guys are going to still play over in Europe, you know, because the Masters is right around the corner. Do they want to play in that tournament? But it's a great tune-up for the Masters. I think it's fine. I think it gets the competitive juices flowing. I think so. From what I understand, it's a WGC World Golf Classic. Um, it's the last time they're hosting in the Austin Country Club, which is a super fun Pete Dye golf course. Very weird to watch and look at. But it's so perfect for match play, Pete Dye, just because one player can blow up, one ball's out. Just really good. Um, what yeah, it's can very, happen, like, exploitive golf. Like, if some guy messes up, you can, like, jump on it or play super reserved. Right. It's yeah, I love that word, Explo- exploitive golf. Yeah. That was great. Um, Thanks, it's, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, 
So what can happen is another tournament can buy that slot and buy that tournament, so it can be hosted by like another tournament. That could be cool. So that could be ha- Ruby so Grow. Who knows? Maybe one of these other tournaments that don't bring yeah a lot of noise um, can host it, which would be awesome. Because I think this match play thing should be season long. I think it should be like a team thing all year. Oh, you do? I think that would be fun. I think it would be, and just do like three tournaments, three or four tournaments, the championship fourth. Yeah. And do it like three days, team event, you know, whatever, individual, who cares? Um, you can make, you can even make it like international potentially as well. So like you can run your first event in January in Australia You where, where, when it's summer, you know, love like that. you just like you play where the weather is, is good, essentially. But, um, you know, why don't you give these people a little update on how we did last week or yeah. how you did last week and then what this format's going to look like for us coming ahead. Buddy. Yeah, okay, so you guys all know the drill. We picked for the Valspar. Um, I had the honors of the first pick. I went with uh, Justin Thomas and then had, like, Brandon Wu. Um, and now I'm just blanking on my picks here. But, you know, I finished, like, with, uh, with like, a 50th overall, which is, like, eh, not right. great. You didn't do so hot. You had like a Harry Higgs, Joel Damon. Does Harry Higgs just, play golf anymore? Just super. <laughs> dude, he, I mean, he was, I think he finished like 126 for you, dude. And then That's just, so rough. I know he was like my third tier pick, like being the worst. But the but, man has potential. And I guess I, I was reading like what happened, you know, because I really thought he was the next like. I thought he was going to, he was playing some great tennis, or sorry, some great golf last right. year. Um, and. I guess like he lost the lead at Pebble Beach. It was a tournament he was gonna win possibly and blew it. I guess that really messed Just him screwed up. him over. Messed him in with his head a bit. But Harry, pick up a golf club. Let's go swing that thing, man. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> he, he did. I you, love you. He did. He did you no favors this past weekend. <clears throat> I was trying to ride with the boys this weekend. I got your buddy Joel yeah. Damon, Harry Higgs. Hey, that was a vibey squad. And then he had Sam Burns. He would he did well for you. Got like six. I think he was a back to back champion there at some point. Yes, he did win last year. I'm pretty sure. He I, was, think he was was the, I think he was won the year before too. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so, anyways, leading that leading up to this weekend for the WGC, what we're gonna do is the same situation. Um, our average score for myself was like 50. Tommy's was like 61, 62, something like that. So Ooh, I yeah. had the honors this year or for this uh, for this round coming up. And it's because it's a limited field um, because it's like bracket play. So there's a bunch of groups. And for the people that don't know the situation of this tournament, it's really fun to follow along because they have group play, four players in each group. If you win your individual match play, one point. If you draw half a point and obviously if you lose then it's none and the most points out of each group will move on the top two players will and then that's where you'll be reseeded and then it goes into a form of a bracket and there's 64 players that are in the whole tournament which means 32 will move on into that bracket format and we'll duke it out single elimination style until we have a winner boom which is really cool um I think it's really, again, just touching on this really quickly because it is fun having some sort of a tournament elimination match play event on the PGA Tour. I really hope they do something. Because they do it in college. 
They do it in they college. They do college match play. Yeah. So these guys are used, a lot of these guys are used to doing this and they And they love it. It's one of their favorite events of the year because it's going back to their college roots and playing some college some, golf like, like that. So a like, guy like Kevin Kisner, who's historically like a top 30 finish, is like 21 and 6. In the Austin, yeah. Austin Open, he does. Austin he does. He does really, really well. He loves match play, and, <clears> and like they get up for it. I think there's two different types of golfers. There's people who want to play to shoot for themselves, and there's people who want to be on a team, like not like not like a team, but like um, like I want to play against you, right? Yeah, like I want to play, play a, you, right? I want to play like Tiger Woods and Justin Jordan, you know, whatever. Stroke play, you're playing. I would, I would say more of everyone and the course, right? Because you're battling the course, trying to go as low as you can, and trying to beat every, like you know everyone else how they fare against it. With this, you are playing the golf course, obviously, but I feel like you're more so playing against the playing partner that you're going up against. If they hit a good drive, then okay, the pressure's on you. If they like spray one out of bounds, it's like okay, now I'm taking an iron off the tee, right? And I think you are possibly the worst place, and you like play like Kevin Kisner. You spray into the trees. <laughs> you somehow put it on the green, and you like scare it for a birdie par. I like typical par, but we still push somehow. You do it again. Now it's a birdie. I do a par. Now I start to get in my head. I just think it's super cool. Um, it changes the dynamic of instead of just rolling the golf balls out, rolling out tee times, try to shoot your lowest score. It, it's a it's a fun matchup. The players love it. That's why we're covering it. Yeah, buddy, give me your picks. And right um, rolling three. rolling right off into this thing. So I um, I grabbed a I grabbed a local boy, hometown hero for this course. I am a big fan. He's been playing some great golf. He's in good form. I'm grabbing Jordan. Two for one. I'm grabbing Jordan Spieth. I feel great like pick. he's rolling the ball really well, and his ball striking from tee to green is in a really good spot. And he loves some Texas golf. That's where he grew up playing, and went he to gets co- it. went to college there. I feel like he's in a really good group too. It, yeah, he's just. I think it's really set up for him. That's who I went with there. So um, I'm going to toss it on over here to, to your no, one. Why don't you just re off uh, your three? Okay. And I'll go my three. Okay, that sounds good. And then I went with Brian Harmon in my second pick. Love it. Very untraditional. I've never seen Brian Harmon play. Lefty, really small player. Um, incredible putter, short game. He's like a, he's definitely like a he's a grinder. That's what people describe him as commentators. Like he doesn't hit the ball a mile, very accurate, really good short game, grinds out a bunch of pars, can get hot with the flat stick. So I, I don't know. Like I feel like he's playing some good golf, has been for a while, for like the last like, you know, five, six years. Just doesn't win a lot, but gets right. a lot of top tens. Great. And just doesn't normally go super low, but like makes the putts he needs to. And I feel like if anything, that his game would match up great for a match play tournament totally. style. And then um, I did have the first pick of the third round, and I snagged some Kevin Kisner action because you know you have to. Right. The man's track record is undefeated. It's it's really he just plays and brings his game to another level. Suits him. Had yeah, a sna- uh, had his a nickname on the golf course when he's in match play is the Bulldog. It's so good, dude. dude he's all time. Um, I'm really hoping he does well, just because I'm a huge Kevin Kisner fan. Yeah. So uh, let me hear. <laughs> let me, let me uh, lay your picks on. So me, buddy. I'm, I went with a bit more of a strategy because you know how great I am with strategy. Um, right, fresh off betting. all those wins for sports betting. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to check out the group more than the individual. Mm-hmm. I want. I wanted to know that the person was probably like you know top two in his group. Um, so I went with a guy whose group I felt was pretty soft, and uh, he looks like he 
could probably wipe the floor and get by easily in the next round, which is Will Zalatoris. He hasn't been playing the best golf, I would say. Well, you know, he had to change his swing. He's he, he went through a swing change. Did not know that. He went through a swing change because his back, he like hurt his back at the end of the season last year. And it was because he was hanging too far back on his right foot and like having a twist and torque his back. So now he's like, you know, pushing and he's got his weight different per se so for his swing. He'll find it at some point. However, he is starting to find it. And he's starting he's like, you know, he's starting to retrain and all this sort of sort of stuff. But he's That's looking super like he's hard. Looking like he, it's not. It was not like a massive swing change. It no. was literally just like a small weight shift in his like downswing that he was like trying to fix. But um, he is coming back to form, so right. I, I like the pick. Um, I, I love that. I mean, I liked Will. Will had a great story last year, being like you know no named and now on the like a staple on the tour. Super cool, and the fact that they did you know that the live tournament or the sorry the live I guys saw that and how amazing is how that? cool is that? Let's take a moment. Please explain what uh, what happened there with that. I forget. Oh man, I forget okay, the. I forget the exact him, numbers. Was it fifty million or something they like that? Him, I think thirty million. The first offer. There we go. That's it. And they turned had, it down. Turned it down, which is insane. This okay. Put in perspective, this man. I think two years ago was like a waiter or something. It was like living be, out of his car. So before the twenty twenty Masters. When he had a runner-up finish, right? He didn't even have his PGA Tour card. He was ranked outside of the top thousand golfers in the world. Got a sponsor exemption to join a PGA Tour event. Rattled off a bunch of the top tens. Had a top five. Qualified for the match- Masters in 2020. Wins Rookie of the Year for the for the PGA Tour that if the following year, right. 21. So 30 million dollars to this man means a lot. Yeah, it's 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 huge. Not as much as Brooks Kepka, who's already made millions and millions of dollars. Right. But then so Liv came back and said, Okay, you don't want thirty, here's like a hundred and fifty or yeah, something. He like, I'm gonna throw you a bag. And he still said no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's unreal. It He's just like, shows I'm, I'm you not selling out. What golf should mean to these people. It's not you're playing a sport that you can play till you're forty five in the PGA tour and make money. If you want to do that, some people don't have the talent, and that's sad. But a lot of these players do if they just stay driven and motivated. Like Matt Kuchar, I would never say he was a top five golfer at any point in his career. The man was just super accurate, not the longest hitter of the golf ball, but just made an absolute killing finishing in the <laughs> in the top fifteen week after week after week. Every once in a while, he probably win a tournament, but like you get lucky or something. Yeah, yeah. but like. Matt for a while there, he, for a couple years, he was considered one of the top five players. Really? Yeah, in the world. I, I mean, you hear his name, but I never saw him. Like, yeah. But anyways, um, so I'm going well first pick. I'm following love, up with another love man. Love the pick and love the story. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Will Zalatoris. Yeah, you were really on Will a couple of years ago. Well, dude, because remember I picked him to win the Masters. Oh, that's right. That year. Right. And I put like $2 down. That was my only bet. And I like could have hit it for 500 bucks. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> this, I've been watching. That was when we were in COVID. I was watching a ton of golf because that was the right. only thing that was being televised at the time. And I was telling you about this kid and his story. And I got super into it, really involved. And I put a couple bucks down for him to win the Masters. And I was like, dude, fucking, dude, screw it. I'm just going to throw right. some bucks on this on this guy. He's playing some unbelievable golf. So, so cool. love the pick. And uh, glad we can give that guy a shout-out because I love what he stands for. 
He's just this really good dude. Love his game and love what he stands for. Yeah. So I'm going to go. My second pick is Sahith Agala, another vibey guy. Um, I don't remember exactly who was in his group, but it was pretty weak as well. And Sahith has been playing some unreal golf. I know he said some comment that he doesn't deserve the ranking. He's ranked he in is. the top uh, top 30s. It's and 49. he definitely is, should deserve that. He plays some pretty great golf. Yeah. Staying humble, though. You know? um, <clears throat> my third pick, I went for the name alone. Uh, no, I actually been watching him in tournaments just because his name's so obscure. And I'm going to butcher it. My man, Andrew <laughs> Witt's going to come in. Christian Bazadouf. Christian Bazadouf. Bazadouf. There you go. Bazadouf. Big B. Bazadouf. <laughs> my man. Um, I, you know, I've seen, I know the name because it's hard to miss. I can't pronounce it. Um, he was almost. Um, I mean, maybe we got to fact check this. I wish we had a, someone looking it up, but I'm pretty sure he was in like the top five um, at the players. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually going to pick him during the players, but I said, nah. I, really? Not, not nothing yeah. great. Um, he was in my scope, but yeah, man. I think we're going to have fun watching this. I'm really going to try to watch as much as I can of it, um, just because it's going to be possibly the last year this happens, which is sad. For sure. Um, moving on. Now we're going to our three worst uh, to finish off this amazing podcast for you ladies and gentlemen here. And boy, do we have a good one coming up for you, like we always do. This is the three worst fruits that aren't super obscure. We're not doing dragon fruit. We're not doing lychee. We're not doing the freaking smelly fruit. We're not doing, yeah, durian. We're leaving leaving those off the table. We're talking, you know, your main berries, your melons, your main fruits, your kind of everyday staples. What do we got? Do you want to start us off this time, buddy? Oh, yeah. I'm going to roll off my three here. Okay? Starting off at number three. And mind and everyone else, mind you, Tommy's list could be about like 12 to 15 long here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of fruits, and the seeds really throw me off, um, which is the big thing for me. And, like and texture. And you never catch a good fruit. Every buddy. once in a while, you're like, wow, this fruit really hits. But, like... The amount of fruit you probably buy and throw away that's garbage to the fruit that's good. I think you, I think maybe if there's one person you do trust, it's me. With fruit. With fruit. I'm like, because yeah. I, I know how much you hate it. I'm like, buddy, right. I'm not going to try to give you some like, eh, mediocre, like, it's fruit. It's kind of like, you know, make it taste like candy. Like, no, 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 no. No, it I'm has giving to you, I'm giving you dynamite shit. Right. Yeah. It has to slap. Um, number three for me is strictly on seeds alone. <laughs> Is, just a, such a weird such a weird ranking i can never eat the for, fruit for a seed i've had the fruit so much in my parent my um i think my grandparents used to have these bushes in the backyard um or blackberries oh i love the blackberry seeds dude they get like stuck in your teeth yeah. you can like chew on them and they're all <laughs> mushy and sometimes you really catch like a stinker and you're like what was in that <laughs> and uh yeah i'm out on blackberries you don't well, you don't even like like a blackberry like jam or anything like that of that sort when you like throw it in no, okay, desserts. So actually, let me give a disclaimer. Are These, you now you're just going on just on just raw fruit, fruit alone, the alone? Fruit alone. Got it. Okay. I blackberry jam. Great. Yep. I'm sure if I blackberry ice cream, fire. Like blackberry like compote. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This is purely just the fruit. If it had other flavors like artificial candy, blackberry. Jolly Rancher, <laughs> sure, I'm in. I don't, I don't. Those aren't really the flavors. This is the real thing here. I'm talking about the purity of the fruit. 
Number two. I could definitely see that. Blackberry is, again, it's not super strong. Eh, so I get it. Okay. Number two, honeydew. Dude, I mean, just an awful fruit. Awful fruit. Um, no one wants it. It's a, one at the bottom of the fruit pile of a fruit salad. Why people even eat it or make it, I don't know. I've had it sweet in some candies, and it's great in candies, <laughs> but I don't know how that tastes like honeydew. Um, I've never seen more honeydew left in a fruit salad. That is the only thing that is always left at the bottom right. of the fruit salad. And why buy it? Because you're just wasting money as a restaurant. If we want to do a fruit salad, people, just buy the individual or just buy one good fruit and then bring that to the party. Fruit salads should just be, in a, in a whole, could just be just like thrown in the yeah, garbage. Th- these are the fruits you need to bring into the fruit salad. This is it. Pineapple. <laughs> that's it. Grapes. Yeah, that's good. Watermelon. Sure. Now you're giving a lot of shout-outs to some good fruits here. Um, that's about it. That's what <laughs> it should be in a fruit salad. Perfect. Um, and my number one most hated fruit, because I never find one ever that has been this amazing for me, where I'm like, wow, this fruit slaps. And people are obsessed with this one. I never can buy one fresh. I never have. Where are you going with this? Lay it on us. No, you I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> oh, mango. That was a dagger to <laughs> my heart. There's one mango I've had that was fire, and you had it, but it was so ripe, and you cut it so perfectly. And these like little cubes, right? right. And I had to be baby fed like a bird <laughs> to eat it. And I told, I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, you're not gonna have a this, better mango. This is it like peaked. actual candy, right? And you were right, it peaked. But it still was mango. Like mango I ice am cream, so, mango sorbet. I'm sure. so hurt. Mango is like, uh, if it, know, it's like pineapple like and mango. It I get it's it. like pineapple and mango, maybe like right. a strawberry. Like, dude, those are the upper echelons right. of fruit. I would say strawberry. What are we doing here? Strawberries to go as fruit. And I'm not even, and I don't, I don't know. know. I don't really like the seeds in the strawberry. I don't either. <laughs> I'm not a huge strawberry man myself. Um, I just don't like fruit. Wow, dude. You, know what? you don't, don't even care. like dried like dried mangoes. No, nah, suck it, mango. I you love slimy, dried. You slimy little fruit, you. I want nothing to do with you. I'm demoralized. And, I, and people are all like crazy about mangoes. I don't care about them. I'm putting my foot down. You can't change my mind, mango. The big mango companies can't come after me. I don't want you. Come down in the comments, please, and just let Tommy Swaim. Just <laughs> let him have it, people. <laughs> let him know that he is a big dumb idiot for picking mango <laughs> right in the one slot there. Are you kidding me? Okay, buddy. I thought maybe your... I thought maybe I saved mango for you a bit because I dished you out a pretty good one. Yeah, that was great. It was one out of a hundred. Like mango, like, and also Damn. when you eat mango, like, can we eat it like normally? Why do I have to like cut it with a knife and like bite it? It, it is, it is a task. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> we'll have to say it is a task. And, there's it no, is a and task. how do you know a mango's good? You know what I should have thrown on here too? I hate. Lay it on me. Oh my God, you're just not getting the good, dude. You're not getting pears. Good pears. Are my honorable mention. Wow, dude. Throw pears on there too. Pears are shitty apples, and I said it. <laughs> I should have gone first. You should have. I am so hurt right you, now. You give me your shitty fruit list. God damn, son. <laughs> there is a fruit that you left out, and you are going to be head-scratching because you let it slip. Okay. 
and you're gonna be like, I what was I thinking? I want to hear it. There's your number three. I'm spot? not gonna gloss over the pair though comment because pairs are dynamite. You got to get the pairs, and they're like uh-huh. they're like or like they're like the special ordered stuff. My mom would get some, and they're like they come in like this cardboard box, and there's four of them. Yeah, and they're like that the very like packaging like that isn't good. But dude, but I'm telling you though, these pairs like change like change your life. Like they are so so good. I don't bother buying pears anymore because if I don't have those pears, it's not worth it to me. You know right. what I mean? And fruit shouldn't be that way. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that. I get. I, I told, should be able to buy a watermelon all across the United States and know it's a watermelon. I totally get that. Right. Like you know, it, it's 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 that's a fair that's a fair comment. But I'm saying like what it can be. Okay, right. we're gonna move on here. Um, my three slot again, like it's it's one of those like similar situations with the pear. Most of the time, you're not getting a very good one. Like, 95% of the right. time, you're not getting a good one. And it's always one that's frequent. It's frequent all over the place. And for me, that's cantaloupe. You know, you're not, you're not, bring, you're not bringing a lot to the party. Right. I remember I had cantaloupe a lot as a kid, and I was like, eh. I mean, like, it's got to be, like, on, it's, like, peak season for, like, two weeks, and then it's, like, cold in the fridge. Yeah, like, poke, the, like, the little hole and smell it, see if it smells like cantaloupe. Sure. But you got to, like, there's, like, the three, you know, you got to have the test and, right, like, softness it. and, like, the veins on the outside. Whatever, right. dude. So stupid. So that's my three. Right. And then you got the honeydew and the two. We already we already went over this. Honeydew Again, and the two. Has no business being fruit salads. That could have easily been in my one slot, but my one slot here... There are so many. I mean, again, this is like a very broad. There's a lot of variations of this fruit, but there are so many good, you know, different types of um, of this fruit that are so far superior to this. And you grow up your entire life thinking, "Oh my God, this red fruit is going to be so delicious," and you get it at a cafeteria, and it's the red apple, and it is. The worst thing on planet Earth. You went with a red a- dude. A red apple are abysmal, abysmal. You went with a red apple. As Out of all the, I have in the never world. ever gotten a red apple and been like, "Ooh, that was a good decision." Not even like I'm taking two bites of the damn thing and it is going straight into the garbage. Red apple, huh? Like I mean, the that's cat, rough like the cabbage, like apple in general. I that's can't why. That's apple. why I have. To, that's why I was trying to set it up. You know, like all the cartoons like have red apples in there, and you're like, they're supposed to be like the main staple, and then you get a red apple. Change my mind, people. Maybe I'm not buying the right red apples, but I don't want anything to do with the red <laughs> apple. I'm getting a Granny Smith, or I'm getting a Fuji, or I'm mainly getting a Honey Crisp. I mean, the only honey. Apples you need to eat in this world are honey crisps. Why are there any other apples other than that? <laughs> they don't exist in my mind. Right. And so that for me, like, and they're all, they're, they're again, they're in fruit bowls. They're at hotel lobbies. I'm going nowhere near the red apple ever. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're right. I don't ever eat a red apple. But the fact that you said apple in general just lets me know you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to bad fruit. That's why I had to be a little bit more specific. That's a very generic, like, that's a, apple's very mainstream. There's so many different variations of apple. I feel like you can kind of, like, segment it a little bit. I'm really pulling strings. I love fruit in all forms, basically. Like, I'm a big fruit over, like, that's my dessert, kind of like. For sure. uh, I'm a crazy person like that. Yeah, but you like, love your fruit. 
I mean, I love, you know, it goes down the line here. I'm pretty much not saying no to anything, and I say no every single time to a red apple. Wow. Well, there it is. Let us know who's uh, who's right, who's wrong. I think I definitely have a better list than, list than you. Uh, I think the red, I think the red apple really that. hurt you there. No. I think the mango is a better take than the red apple, but that's just me. Hey, buddy. Hell of an episode once again. Good stuff, dude. Hopefully the voice is uh, healed over a bit more by Monday, <laughs> so we have a better, <laughs> better listening experience for our people over there. Maybe a better viewing experience one day if I figure out how to edit audio and video, yeah. but probably not. Um, you know, all of our people we shout out in the description, John, Madison, you know, always helping us out, and Jake with the, you know, design. And artwork, Thank you guys. Yeah, pictures. Um, you got anything for them, buddy? Yeah, a uh, quick little shout out, a uh, little F1 uh, racing right now. If you're a team Red Bull racing, you are flying high. A little Sergio Perez, shout out for taking the podium first overall, and then Max Verstappen coming from 15th all the way to second. Wow. So Red Bull racing, <laughs> flying high this year. Feeling good. And doing great. That's awesome. what I got. But uh, back awesome. on you, over to you, buddy. Thanks, right, for, buddy. thanks well, for hosting us on up here. Well, you know, we're in the cabbage. And just a reminder, keep swinging. Thank you.